Greetings, family. Today we're going to be reading a book called Answers to Praise. This is the third book from Prison of Praise, which is astonishing. A lot of people wrote in a lot of letters about thanking and praising God for situations they didn't understand why they were in there, even if they got themselves into it. They couldn't understand why should they praise God about a situation that is so negative or evil. And the, uh, and the author comments back on their letters. So it's really interesting. So I just opened up at random to page 107 of the book Answers to Praise by Marilyn Carruthers. Let's go ahead and, and ask God for insight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love. Thank you for encouraging us and, and keeping us and giving us the tools that we need to fight the evil around us, Lord. Thank you for giving us instructions as good soldiers. We take it. There is nothing else, no answer but God. There's no answer but Father God. And we just thank you and we praise you and we give you the glory and the honor. We give you praise and thanksgiving for the situations. Amen. Our first letter is called Infidelity. Infidelity. Many years ago, when I was young, I was unfaithful to my husband. Several years ago, I told my husband what I had done, and a wall came crashing down between us. He has tried to forgive me, but when he looks at me, I feel he wishes he had a wife who had never been touched by another man. Your book tells me to be thankful for all things. I do not see how I can be thankful for what I did. The rest of my life was so unmarked by sin. I could have been a better wife and had a life filled with joy. If this one terrible thing had not happened, how can I honestly be thankful for it? I need to do something because of this feelings of guilt. I am now unable to do anything for the Lord. If you can help me, please do so. The author comments, Being thankful for our past sins does, does no good unless we couple it with God's forgiveness. Whenever you think of your sin, begin to praise God that he has forgiven you. This will release a powerful force in your heart. You will learn to appreciate the marvelous grace of God more than ever before. It is natural to want to have always been a pure flower for everyone to see and admire and respect. But if you were pure, you would not have needed Christ. God permitted you to have an experience that has revealed how much you need his forgiveness. You always needed his forgiveness, but your sins made you see how much you need his grace. If you had never committed that sin, the potential was still there. You could have lived what you thought was a perfectly good life and never been aware of the disobedient nature that lurked within you. There are people around you who feel too depraved and unworthy to talk to God. You sense a little of what they feel. You can reach out and help them to come to Christ. Surely you can be glad that God has helped you to be more understanding of, of others. You have eternal life, but there are many around you who do not. God will use all of your experiences to help you and others. 
if you will believe that your mistakes become his opportunity. Your husband is guilty of his own sins. In God's eyes, his sins are as great as your own. Forget what you have done, if possible, by continuing to praise the Lord for his forgiveness. Satan cannot stand to remain in the atmosphere of praise. He will go and leave you for a season. He may come back later to check you out and see if you are open again to discouragement. When Satan tempts us to sin, he also wants to use our sin to torment us for the rest of our lives. When he sees us rejoicing in God's grace and forgiveness, he will leave and look for someone else to torment. In Luke 4.13, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Amen. What a beautiful story. Infidelity, huh? It explains it all in a nutshell. How we get God's forgiveness, and when we praise Him, we get His unbelievable grace and love. A lot of us have things we've done that are that are hard to forget, but we, the more we thank Him and praise Him, the, way, the more we bask in His grace, and we do not feel guilty for basking in His grace. It's available to you. It's available to anyone who praises Him for this outline. Our next story is no self-confidence. No matter what I do, something goes wrong. I, I lost my self-confidence. I used to believe I had the world by the tail and could accomplish anything I wanted to. I accepted Christ as my Savior and expected a wonderful future for myself and family now I am discouraged. I don't believe I can even keep on trying. Do you know anyone in this area who could help me? My comments. Let it not be said of you, in this thing you did not believe the Lord your God. Deuteronomy one thirty two. Did not let it be said of you, in this thing you did not believe the Lord your God. You did not come into your situation by accident. It is the place God wants you. Did you hear that? It is the place God wants you. You Did you ever ask God to make you humble? He has placed you in a school where you are learning. Instead of being discouraged, believe that he is helping you. Remember how patient Jesus was with Peter? He knew Peter would deny him, but he also knew Peter's heart. Jesus knows your heart, my friend. If you want to place your confidence in God, he is helping you to learn how to do that. This thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Exodus 18.18 I am with you. That is all you need. My power shows up best in weak people. Now I am glad to boast about how weak I am. I am glad to be a living demonstration of Christ's power instead of showing off my own power and abilities. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, the Living Bible. Our next article is called, An Astronaut is Buried. 
Eight years ago, my brother was scheduled to make a trip to the moon as one of our country's astronauts. After a routine flight near the astronaut training base at Houston, as he was preparing to land, the canopy flew off his T-38 jet trainer. A few minutes later, he lay dead near the plane's wreckage. His parachute had only partially opened. An investigation revealed that a goose may have smashed through the canopy and caused the accident. The pain of this loss had not subsided over the years as I suffered the anguish caused by losing my kid brother. When you taught me to praise God for everything, I was able to accept this loss and receive God's healing love. Thank you for sharing his love for me. The loss of a loved one always causes pain. This pain can go on indefinitely until we believe that God has a plan for our loved ones and for us. As we give the person we lost to God, the pain decreases. Jesus said, bring your burdens to me and leave them. This includes all the burdens of life. If we trust him, we should leave our problems with him. If we don't trust him, we turn back and reclaim our burdens. God wants us to be different from those who spend endless years in grieving. The mission he has for us is far too important to waste our energies in grief. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Romans 8.28, New King James Version. Our next story is called Teeth Grinding. I just finished the book, Prison of Praise, and Power and Praise, mind you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Two books. I always thought myself a Christian being born and raised a Catholic. But I, I had difficulty accepting painful things that happened to me. They seemed so meaninglessly. I gritted my teeth and wondered. I can't find the right words to express my appreciation Every time I reread your books, I find some deeper meaning. My life hasn't changed, nah, no dramatic doorbells ringing with a lost love returning or anything like that. But now I can accept the heavy traffic, spill coffee, a fellow worker who talks more than she works, my lust, lost son, and the empty house. Now I can thank God and love him. The heavy burdens are lifted. I'm trying to share my new joy with my sisters and brothers as I encounter them. I can't explain what has happened to me. As beautiful and conscientiously as you do, but from all of us, thanks. My comment, says the author. Thanks to all of you who share their praise books with so many people. These things I have spoken unto you, that your joy may be full. John fifteen eleven. Okay, I put the birds in the other room. Our next story is called Praise Brings Baptism. In Prison of Praise, you suggested that we cannot learn to praise God without the help of the Holy Spirit. I want to share something that I have learned. I wrote to you a few months ago asking you to pray for me that I, may, that I might receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You wrote back and urged me to praise God for the problems I mentioned and that God would help me in a new way. 
I had studied the Bible and was convinced that the baptism in the Holy Spirit was for me. I went to several groups and asked for prayer, but I didn't understand what they were telling me. My heart was very hungry for more of Jesus, but I couldn't seem to find him. When I took your advice and thanked God for all my problems, I experienced a new fellowship with Christ. His words meant more to me than ever before. My faith increased and I believe that God will fill me with his spirit. The more I thank God, the stronger my faith became. Through praise, seeing God, the Holy Spirit came into my life in a new way. I am thankful for the principles of praising the Lord are becoming dear to me. I am thankful that the principles of praising the Lord are becoming dear to me. The author comments, As we increase our praise to God, He helps us to be filled with more of His Spirit. God inhabits the praises of His people, Psalm 22.3. Praising the Lord opens the door for His Holy Spirit to work in us. The reverse is likewise true. When we fail to praise God, it is more difficult for His Spirit to work in us. Be filled with the Spirit, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5, 18 and 20. You know, this should give us excitement, joy, enthusiasm, hope, faith, and belief that we have a weapon we can fight now. We have the right instructions in how to com- combat the dumb things in our lives and the evil that's trying to get to us. By praising the Lord for our past problems, the devils run. You got to keep at it. You got to stay at it. If you're being attacked in the nighttime, keep doing it. Keep doing it. It's a battle. They will back off. Our next article or is called From a Cell. I received your letter. I can't thank you enough for writing. When I open your letter, I cry like a baby. This is something I have not done for in a long time. This week, the woman I was living with came to see me. She said, I have something to tell you. I have gotten married. You and I are finished. When I got back to my cell that night, I was very upset. Then I remember something you said in your book. I got down on my knees and said, Thank you, Lord. When I finished talking to the Lord, I no longer thought the future was nil for me. I felt at peace. I know there is a good future for me, but only with the help of our Savior. Through Him, I know I have a chance. You don't know what it means to me, sir, to know it's not too late. You don't know how thankful I am to you for showing me the way. My comments. There is no such thing as it being too late for God to bring joy and peace into our lives. We may have to suffer for our past mistakes, but He promises to give us joy. He may not change our circumstances, but as we give thanks to God for all the things in our lives, He will give us joy and peace. Now thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 2.14 Amen. Our next story is called I Was Mad. When my wife came home and said she had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and spoken in tongues, 
I was mad, real mad, not at her, but at those stupid people who had convinced her of something I knew to be of the devil. We attended church and took part in its activities all our lives. My parents were born-again Christian, and I heard them talking about the holy rollers, tongue speakers. When I told them what had happened to my wife, they were upset. They called our minister, and he agreed to have the whole church pray for my wife to be saved from this terrible experience. My wife agreed to go with me to talk to the preacher if I would read a book called Prison of Praise. Seemed fair to me, so I agreed. By the time I finished reading your book, I was thoroughly confused. If God had done the things that you claimed, then speaking in tongues couldn't be of the devil. None of the miracles you wrote about had ever happened in our church. My anger subsided, and I asked my wife to pray with me so I would know what to do. Then it happened. I was filled with the Holy Spirit, too. My life has been completely changed. I once went to church because I knew it was the thing I ought to do, but there was no joy there. But I did get a certain amount of peace from doing what I thought was good. Now I enjoy worshiping God. We go to prayer groups that last until midnight, and I'm never ready to leave. At work and at home, I feel a continuous sense of Christ's presence with me. I thank God for letting me experience the power Jesus promised to his disciples. I've led several people to Christ since he baptized me. Before Jesus baptized me, I had never led even one person to him. My comments. The author comments. Being satisfied with what always has been may be all right for a believer, but the unbeliever isn't helped until someone shares with him the good news of the gospel. Christians who have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit do witness for Christ. But when they receive more of his power, they become more effective. There are now hundreds and thousands of testimony to this. If the baptism in the Holy Spirit sets people's heart aflame to tell others about Jesus, could it be wrong? If it leads men to Christ, it is easy to see why Satan is so afraid of it. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Acts 1.8 Wife gone. Our next story is called Wife Gone. I treated my wife very badly. I think we were both like children holding on to our mothers. A month ago, she left with our two children and filed for divorce. I thank God that her leaving caused me to become a Christian. This will be God's way to giving us the Christian home we both wanted. My comments, says the author. Being part of an unhappy home may be one of the most difficult experiences any of us will ever have. The sheer weight of the burden has caused many people to give up, but God has promised to use even this tragedy to help us if we will trust Him. We have the opportunity to be at peace despite what is going on around us. Why? Because God has promised to use it for our own good. When we have done the best, we can to improve our attitude and conduct. We should not let Satan settle us up with remorse. God can change attitudes, desires, circumstances, or anything he wants. His authority is final and absolute. 
He can wield all this power and love because his goal is our eternal happiness. He overlooks our temporal wants no matter how strong they are because he knows our future. Remember the vineyard owner? He hired some men at the crack of dawn and others near the end of the day. He paid them all the same. Jesus said the owners could do exactly as he wanted because he was being fair to everyone. How can can God can do as he wants and will because he is meeting our needs the way he knows is best for each one of us? Again, did you hear what I said? The Lord paid them all the same. Jesus said the owner could do exactly as he wanted because he was being fair to everyone. So God is really being fair to us, even though the sin, we were born with sin and we can't seem to get rid of sin, it's still fair. God can do as he wants and will because he is meeting our needs the way he knows is best for each one of us. Amen. Remember your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Matthew 6, 8. And this is the last one. It's called Pray For Me. You don't know me, but I read the book Prison of Praise. I am in Allegheny County Jail. I'm in there. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where you two were once a prisoner. When I read your book, the Lord spoke to me. I am in the army as you were, and I too went AWOL. That is why I'm here. As I read Prisoner Praise, a strange feeling came over me. I closed my eyes and thought, Lord, what is it you want of me? It seemed the Lord answered me through my thoughts with, Put your faith in me. Let me guide you, and everything will be all right. Again, put your faith in me. Let me guide you, and everything will be all right. My faith is weak. I read my Bible and try to keep my faith. But something is wrong. I don't know what. I know that I need Jesus. And I want him. I realize the only, that only he can help me. I ask a favor of you, and it is to pray for me. I want Jesus as my personal Savior. Sometimes I think that I have accepted the Lord, and other times I don't know. I believe Jesus has done for you what you say in your book, and I want his help. Please pray for me. I need help. My comments, the author comments. It was all in that jail where prisoners' bars first slammed shut on me. Isaiah 61 tells us that Jesus came to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the freedom available to those who to those who are in physical or spiritual bondage. Please pray frequently for those ones. Please pray frequently for those ones who so freely confess their need of help. Let the, let the sign of the prisoners come before thee. In Psalm 79, 11. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and give you peace. Amen.